Hello and welcome to the Auto Movie Podcast. Um, this episode is going to be a bit different, largely because we are on a, in a situation where there's a lot going on in the world and thanks to quarantines and lockdowns and all sorts of stuff, we didn't really think it was right to just do a normal episode. So what we're going to do is do a bit of a show now for all those people who are stuck inside, who are surrounded by friends and family and need a bit of an automotive escape. Hopefully we can come up with some content, point you in a few interesting directions and give you something else to think about for a while. Our next few episodes will be a little bit funky because we've already got one in the can which we were going to be releasing about now but we are postponing it so that edit's going to be a bit interesting <laughs> i'm not sure how that's going to work you know in all honesty i one may one sit on the shelf for a little while and it uh, may we might move on it just as chris says it seemed wrong to put it out because it makes no mention of the, the situation we're in and maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing but we wanted to do an episode which is more like uh automotive comfort food Exactly, exactly. And this is also going to be hopefully out a lot quicker than our usual episodes. So the stellar production values you are used to won't be quite so prevalent and there'll be a few more ums and ahs and ifs and buts and maybes. Yeah, there's normally like a thousand edits because I can't leave things alone. (laughs) And uh, this time I'm going to attempt to get it out overnight with virtually no edits. So you get to hear what it sounds like before I sit in front of the computer for five hours and chopping out all of my ums and ers and coughs and flubs and the bits where we're live googling things because we didn't remember to do our homework. Which, Which we would never ever do, obviously. I will also mention at this point... There is an intermission podcast out already, so if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen me tweeting about it endlessly, I've started a podcast series where I'm interviewing people. So it's just me and a guest talking about their automotive life, what they do in the automotive content world. The first one that we've had out is Misha Cherudin, who many of you will know from his Nürburgring YouTube content. And the one that's coming out on Monday, this is the first time I think we've ever actually trailed a show, will be with chief content creator of The Drive and various other things, including founding Jalopnik, Mike Spinelli. So quite looking forward to getting that out and seeing what you think to that next week. But the catalyst, I think, for this episode was primarily actually something that I stumbled across and Martin texted me about called Car Trek. So do you want to start by setting the scene on what Car Trek is and, and why it is what we need right now? Well, yeah, this is from three prominent automotive YouTubers. Uh, it's Ed Bolian from the VinWiki channel, uh, Tyler Hoover from Hoovy's Garage, and Freddie Tavares Hernandez from the Tavares YouTube channel that I think we've mentioned on the show before now. Uh, they're all mates, and they are all big fans of what we like now probably think of as classic Top Gear, the Clarkson mm. Hammond and May showing its pomp. And they kind of got together for a week on a journey down to, I think, something they would... Maybe they were doing some judging at Pebble Beach. They're one of the... I think Ed Bolian put out a video to describe how it is that they managed to fit this into their schedules. But they've effectively done a Top Gear challenge. Um, you know, buy three cars and do a thing, and inevitably things go wrong with the cars and the challenges. Mm. And it's 
at, at once it's both very derivative because it's a format you absolutely know right up to the you know people being texted instructions from the from the producers <laughs> or in this case the the um the sponsors and you know three guys ribbing one another cars going wrong challenges but it really works and it works because we're all totally okay with this format we've we've mm. seen it it's basically someone going hey you know what we haven't seen that for a while from from three blokes that we we enjoy watching they're completely upfront with how much of an homage it is to classic top gear how much they love the show and respect the presenters and so on but it's just really good fun and in a week where there has just been unremitting bad news and death and tragedy across the entire world and we're all trying to keep calm and carry on because we're stiff upper lipped Brits and the like but I really needed something to just give me a bit of escapism and this landed and mm. I watched the whole thing through and just went god that was so good I laughed for the first time in ages I just thoroughly enjoyed it it's a series they're running I don't know how many episodes but the first episode is live now and it's fantastic I don't really want to give anything away uh, but if you've ever enjoyed those Top Gear specials where the three presenters are set some challenges and they turn up in three cars, usually quite cheap or usually with many things wrong with them even before they start and then things continue to go wrong, I think you'll enjoy this. And it mm. helps that, you know, they get on already because they're friends and they have a chemistry already. They each have skills, um, you know, one of them's good with mechanic. One of them is famous for buying incredibly broken old cars that cost him <laughs> loads of money. And one of them is famous for having one of the most honey-soaked voices that could sell snow to the Eskimos. <laughs> and a particular way of saying the word Merchilago. See, oh, I said it. I said it the wrong way. <laughs> it's there's also. Um, we were talking about... So this is Ed... What's his name? Ed, Ed Bolian. Bo Ed Bolian from... Not Ed uh, Bullion, which is the no, French that's a, word that's for a stock. stock. Cube. Yes. <laughs> Ed Bolian from VinWiki. And uh, yes, Chris sent me another video of his where he tells the story of managing to get a reservation for a Bugatti Veyron at the age of 17. And purely because he has a voice like this. He does. He has an incredibly deep voice and he even acknowledges it in this separate video, which we'll try and remember to link out. But yeah, he just has a voice that could sell anything to anybody and fool anyone into doing anything. And he uses it to great effect when he's narrating these stories. And we've had some of the VinWiki um, videos featured on here before. But mm. this thing, Car Trek, uh, it's so unabashedly Top Gear. I love it. And... I immediately sent it to Chris, who I think probably follows these YouTubers a little less than I do. But I think both of us felt it just gives you that vibe. It totally captures the Top mm. Gear, three blokes on a challenge, doing a bit of a road trip. And I loved it. Please watch it. It's, it's done pretty well for views already, but please watch it because it's so good. I want them to do more. And if you are new to these three presenters, they are very, very good on camera. They do have a chemistry... And all of their channels reflect the sort of thing that they that they do. So particularly Tavares' channel is very mechanic heavy. The VinWiki one is kind of interesting because it's more of like a storytelling channel rather than adventures or buying and selling and fixing. It's very much people after the fact explaining how they... Um, raced across America or how they bought cars for a movie or, or something like that. So if you enjoy it, if you aren't familiar with the three presenters, go and check out their YouTube channels because they're all established and they've all done some pretty
pretty weird and wonderful and wacky stuff. And there's plenty more of what they are about out there to enjoy. Um, I don't think we can really do a segue from that because the the other big thing that's happened since we last did a recording was now that basically all motorsport everywhere is cancelled, apart from a bit in America, the sim racing world has just exploded. And I was watching something on the race, uh, which is... I'm not entirely sure what it is yet. It's kind of this nascent it's motorsport what, yeah, I thing. Think th- I think the race came out of that announcement that Autosport was going to put its magazine price up to 13 quid a day or something absurd like that. <laughs> and I think they shed an awful lot of their talent at that point where they went, it's clear that the owners of this magazine don't want it to exist anymore. We're going to go and start our own thing up. And I think that's how, because they've got um, a lot of the guys that were doing the podcast for Autosport. Mm. Uh, and they've got uh, Mark Hughes, who spreads himself about a bit now. He works for Sky F1 and a sort of researcher um, pundit. Not pundit, he's, he's a journalist for them, so he does a lot of writing for the website. But he is also, I think, on hand in the commentary box to provide mm. tips and, and, and research for Crofty and Brundle. Um, so there are... I guess a, a, a Formula One agency, like a, a, like like Autosport, they're an online magazine. Effectively, they do mm. lots of they do an enormous amount of podcasts around the testing, providing insights. They've got Gary Anderson, who obviously left Autosport to provide some dubious technical insights to the race, um, oh, based God. on having been a team boss in 1990 or whatever it is. Sorry, technical director in 1990. Well, ho- hopefully, we'll get graphs showing us how exciting Formula One is based on statistics. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I take everything he says with a pinch of salt. But anyway, we've diverged a bit. The race is well. They 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 promoted a an online sim race, but I'm trying to make it because there were there were sort of two or three sim races all going on at once. F1 mm. had their own official one, which is using the F1 2019 game, and that one went off on Sunday. And I think that was the one that was marketed as the not the Bahrain Grand Prix. I may be yes. getting these mixed up because I got very confused. One of the races, the, I think the one the race did, which had um, Jonathan Palmer, not Jonathan Palmer. <laughs> Jolian Palmer. Jolian Palmer. Sorry about Jonathan Palmer. Right? That would be really weird. Uh, Jolian Palmer <laughs> doing the commentary alongside another guy. That was at the Nürburgring. That was Tom Clarkson. That Was it Tom Clarkson doing the commentary there? It was. Uh-huh. That was at the Nürburgring, or they used the Nürburgring GP circuit. Mm. Uh, and they had a bunch of online races and that had Max Verstappen in it. I can't remember if Lando Norris was racing in that one. Those two are the the sort of the, the most high profile uh, races, F1 races, to also do online sim racing at a serious level. I think they're both they're both on the red line sim racing team. They are. And they've they've raced together. They did the Spa twenty four hours last year and won it. That was it, yeah. So there was that one that went on, which I quite enjoyed watching for a while. And there was also this Not the Bahrain Grand Prix, which was put together by F1 official that also had Lando Norris in it, had um, Johnny Herbert was in it, uh, Sir Chris Hoy, a few other people, some fairly famous uh, sim racing people and YouTubers, uh, all of whose names I can't remember. This one I felt was slightly less successful I don't really know what I think it's possibly because the F1 2019 game when it's streamed like this doesn't look as good or lend itself as as well to the the sim racing 
style. I don't know. I For me, it felt like you're watching everything looked like it was being filmed through a potato. And after a while you go, it's the same angles I'm seeing all the time. And yeah, I watched some of it. I, I think I switched over to Lando Norris's Twitch channel for a while because mm. it was much more interesting hearing what he was saying to the screen as he was playing. I found, and I only watched a bit of the highlights from I think like the start of the race because I think F1 might have put it on their their surprisingly good YouTube channel. That's another conversation for another day. The driving was a bit shocking. On, you could get away at, with an awful lot. Yeah, Johnny Herbert basically just cut the first corner. Yeah, and then <laughs> there were just crashes like left, right, and center. Yes. Whereas the all uh, the race all stars esports battle. That's the one, to give yeah. it to, it's properly, Which was run on R-Factor 2 rather than a sort of consumer... Con- a console game. As a, console this game, is a more, basically. Like yeah. a, sim, a, a proper sim platform as opposed to a console game. Mm. It was... A, the driving standard seems a lot better and there was a lot more um, rigour. There was a lot more discipline to the drivers. And when you consider that it was... Look, just looking at the list here, so you've got Max Verstappen... Juan Pablo Montoya and I think Sean Montoya. Yeah, I think it's said Montoya, his son. Simon Pagenau, Neil Yarny, uh, Maximilian Gunter, but also people like Jimmy Broadbent, who, if you are new to sim racing, go and check out Jimmy Broadbent's YouTube channel because he does a lot of everything really that's kind of sim related it's rigs and hardware and games and racing and he did um he did a video where he went and drove in the BMW Motorsport sim on the DTM and being a sim racer he kind of had more of a crossover than just some guy pitching up like if you are I frankly Marty just sort of pitched up to a you know professional grade sim and made a complete arse of ourselves it it seemed to because it came together quite quickly there were people who obviously were sim racers this is the uh the, the not the Australian Grand Prix all-stars esports battle whatever else it was called but they were kind of bringing they were inviting people in whereas the not Bahrain Grand Prix officially supported by F1 and Fanatec and DHL and whatever that full title was seemed to be a lot more just getting random people in and so rather than being the top of a pyramid of progression through various championships as F1 should be it suddenly became this kind of, it's a knockout. It was a bit ramshackle. And I know yeah. that uh, Max Verstappen was scheduled to be involved and pulled out because he, or the, the cited reason was he takes his sim racing seriously and he felt that this platform was not a serious racing platform, which may be a bit of Max Verstappen wankiness. It might be a fair criticism. I think two things that stood out for me, looking at both of them, one, having proper commentary makes a big difference from just watching somebody play a video game. And there's a lot still to come on the TV side, getting in replays, cutting together different camera views and what have you. All of that is going to improve massively. And I think also getting feedback from the drivers and getting a you know, the sort of the pit radio that we're now used to, I think getting that sort of thing mixed into the feed is going to come with time because this is just very very early doors but particularly with the race because what the race did was a series of qualifyings then heat races then final races and what you start to realize is it's almost becomes like rallycross 
So rather than having one two-hour race, or even in qualifying, you know, we're so used to an hour-long quali where people go out, they do an installation lap, they come in, they do a warm-up lap, they do a flying lap, they do a cool-down lap, they come in. Suddenly all of that goes away. So you can go out, race, and then just reset and you've got the next grid there. And then once that race finishes, you don't have the cool-down lap, it all just finishes, and then you've got the next qualifying session, everybody's ready to go. So it actually becomes a very fast-paced event. You're right about the shortness of the races was the thing that, that struck me. You could dip into out of them. You could go, I've got 20 minutes or half an hour. I can watch most of a race. Um, F1 keeps shying away from changing its format, but there is something to be said for going, you know what, you could have a race on Saturday. Saturday could just not be about qualifying and then nothing else. You could have a short sprint race on a Saturday and and give it a go. I was quite annoyed that F1 gave up and chickened out of the idea of doing a test sprint race or reverse order race mm. last year because, oh, heaven forbid they do something new. And <laughs> this has shown that there is a new way of looking at racing a new format that could be considered and mm. frankly they're going to need everything they can get when f1 starts back up in 2021 because i'm going to be the prognosticator right now and say f1 2020 will not happen there will be no races apart from maybe one or two at the end of the season maybe but i would not be surprised if the entire season is a write-off because who's going to want to travel in a plane now for the next mm. six months? It's March. Mm. Add six months to that. That takes you right close to the end of the season. We were racing into December last year, and I just I don't see it happening. I think they might do one race, winner takes all. Drive to Survive Season 3 is going to be a write-off. <laughs> it's going to be very short. They might do <laughs> one episode of the farce in Australia and then it's going to be so Drive to Survive Season 3 isn't going to get here until February 2022 because they're going to have to film 2021 while we're on the subject of Netflix Netflix has an astonishing amount of racing content and car content it's insane I went in there to do some prep for this episode because sometimes we do some prep and I just put the search query racing in there and you just get wall-to-wall stuff. There's the obvious stuff we've talked about, like Netflix's Drive to Survive, which if you haven't seen it, where have you been? Go and mm. watch it and, and then come back and tell us if you think that Gunther Steiner's a wanker or not. Um, <laughs> Hyperdrive, we talked about this quite early on in the pod. It's really good. We promise it's not rubbish. Mm. It might start off feeling a bit gimmicky, but you'll get into it. It's really, really good. I have no idea if they're going to do another series. I suspect not now, um, but please watch this one. They have how many series of Top Gear? They've got 11 full series of Top Gear. I think so, yeah. From series 15 to series 26, which is kind of the midpoint of the Clarkson, Hammond and May years to the end of the Harris, Reed and Joey. I was going to say Tribbiani then. I so uh, LeBlanc years. So there's some great stuff in there. They also have a bunch of the specials from series seven onwards. They don't have the full series, but they do have the specials. So all the all the specials that you want. Let's all the be specials honest. that you want. So there's a there's. I mean, we talked about. I talked about comfort food TV. Top Gear is always my go-to if I'm feeling ill and I just need to put something on that I can watch if I feel like it or listen to if I can't open my eyes or just kind of have on in the background. It's always Top Gear. 
Um, and it's always those early to mid-season... Sorry, not early. Early would be like season four or five. That's probably a bit too early. Mm. But that kind of from season seven onwards to about season 18 or 19, where... when. When was it that where they did the they did two of the cheap supercar challenges? They did one that was Porsches for fifteen hundred quid, and they did the one where Jeremy had an SS Marac and ah, let me tell you, I think I know this season because I've written this down in my notes. Because yes, I made notes. <laughs> I'm more prepared for this than I am for the actual normal shows. This I think was series. No, see, the cheap Porsches was earlier. Mm. Cheap Porsches was, I think, series five. Season wow. series, season uh, series five, episode six was the fifteen hundred quid Porsches, which was, I guess, I think that came from Richard Porter's book. That was the first time they put all three presenters together on a film shoot. Interesting. Every other time there'd been two of them, but not three together, which sounds ridiculous now. But that was where uh, season seven season seven series seven i'm english not american uh is the one that has the old italian supercars but series seven is actually probably the strongest season of top gear ever put together because every single one of the episodes is a banger which Um, ones so i will we'll get to this i had i have a question for you in a second but yeah episode one uh has the um Aston Martin V8 Vantage, Porsche Carrera S and BMW M6 on the Isle of Man. Episode yep. 2, RS4 against a climber. Episode 3, oh, supercar yeah. road trip to the Milau Viaduct. Episode 4, old Italian supercars for under £10,000. How ridiculous does that sound now? Um, <laughs> episode 5, Bugatti races the plane. Yes. Episode 6, NSX on the PlayStation. So they went to Laguna Seca to see if they could yep. do that. Episode 7, Winter Olympics. How about that for a series? Every single one of those is a pretty much nine out of ten, if not a ten out of ten, in the in the realms of Top Gear. That is a good set. So my question to you is: Okay, top three Top Gear episodes from the classic era, the Clarkson Hammond and May era. Yeah. Um, no specials. Yep. And none of the obvious ones. <laughs> so you can't have old Italian supercars or 1500 quid Porsches, for example. What would be your deep cuts? The stuff that you really like for like a specific reason that isn't the most obvious episodes. One of my favourite episodes of all time, and it's one that I've actually paid money for on iTunes because I was doing something and had time to kill, was the brick car episode where they took the 330D and entered the brick car 24 hours. And they, they, they it's just all of the, the silly jokes at the start where, like, Richard Hammond put the seat in without runners. And Clarkson's there going, to get in, I would have to cut off my leg. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they've got Peniston oil down one side and <laughs> yes, Larson's biscuits down the other. Biscuits. Isn't that the one where they wire up a battery to the, the, the water delivery, the drink system, <laughs> just spray it in Hammond's face? That's very um, silly. I, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I could let that one go because that is that's a pretty good one. That's a good challenge. That is one. But good. Yeah, that, that's, but a also, good, that's a good one. Yeah. But I think that the great thing about that episode, as well compared to a lot of them, is that once the race starts, once they're at Silverstone, they're not running to their schedule anymore. They can't just fudge it around the edges. So when 
you can see that they think they're not going to be in the race and they're getting shots thinking that the car's not going to be there and it's just this great failure. And then once they're actually running, they can't control the weather, they can't control the other cars. They, I think they take out a Mosler at one point. And all of, and this is, this is just all the presenters going, okay, stop mucking about. We need to actually pay attention here. We, you know, this, we, this isn't for us. This is for everybody else. And I, I think that's one of the few times when that, that actually was the case for them. Yeah, it, it's, it's very genuine. It has that utterly unscripted feel. Now, obviously, um, a lot of these specials were unscripted, but the way that they bounce off one another and are presented makes it feel sometimes like they were scripted or there'd be moments that were scripted and they just mm. ran with it because they're all consummate professionals. But this, like you say, because they have no control over anything, it's a live event that they're taking part in and things happen that are so far out of their control, they can't stop and reset and do it again. And they can't go, we'll come back tomorrow with a new car. They've just got mm. to roll with it. It gives you a little bit more of that absolutely genuine, on-the-fly, unrehearsed reaction. Mm. I have another, which is not a full episode. It is a segment. So I'm, I will put this forward as a half option. And that was Jeremy Clarkson doing consumer testing of a Ford... Was it Ford Fiesta? Is this the the um, the ridiculously thorough test for Mr. Needle? Yes, that was it. The very first one of those, yes. The, it was the Fiesta where they race a Dodge Viper through a shopping centre and around yep. a car park. I mean, that's just an amazing sequence on its own. But there's also the the absurd questions of, mm. you know, can you fit a thing inside it or... You know, <laughs> Can you afford it? But the, the fact that it ramps up in escalation and it's clear that this was a silly idea that they had in the office and then decided to film it <laughs> with the kind of resources that only they can bring to muster, that's a brilliant Top Gear feature. Okay, what, what would be your one of your picks? So I, got, I, I chose three of the sort of lesser-known ones, one of which is the one I mentioned before in start of Series 7, Isle of Man race, between the, the Aston Martin Vantage, which was new at the time, uh, the 997 Porsche Carrera S and the BMW M6. And I love this partly because it's pissing it down all the time. <laughs> and there's moments where they've got umbrellas that they can't control and they yes. fly up down the hill and they're stood in the rain getting absolutely drenched. It mm. features some amazing driving from the Stig where he's you know doing astonishing speeds. Even they're thinking, oh, this is a bit dicey in these conditions and the guy's clearly on it. Mm. Um it features Clarkson making some extremely good but very funny points about the BMW M6 and why it's good and bad. Um, it's got an Aston Martin Vantage in it, which I love looking at. They don't come down on the side of the Aston. They think it's a bit rubbish, actually, but I don't care because it looks pretty and makes a great noise, and I love watching <laughs> it. Um, I just I really like... It's a little more simple in terms of the, the, the setup of it and the fact they went to the Isle of Man and it pissed it down with rain. There's a, a joy of going back and revisiting some of those old episodes. So that's one of them. Um, the Space Shuttle, Reliant Space Shuttle episode, Series 9, Episode 4. Yes. I love this so much. It's so silly. Uh, it's it, it was clearly planned to fail from the start, but they you managed think? to find absolutely there was no way that they intended for that thing to work and to be and like glide back down. The whole thing was set up to blow up. It's TV. 
they well, just true, they didn't true. mention it. There's no way that that was set up to to do anything other than what they did it because of the danger, because of mm. you know it's rockets and giant things moving yes. around. There was no way that it was actually ever going to work the way it did. But they lean into it, they lean into it enough that you believe it while it's happening that you're taken mm. along by the spell. Um, but they they've got moments in there where. Hammond and May are taking the piss out of the rocket people who are putting the rocket up as they're starting to get it ready. And they're talking about the stepladder being on on the, the launch pad. And, and Hammond says something along the lines of, it's just one small step ladder. <laughs> and then points out that the rocket people were looking at them really annoyed. <laughs> And I just love the idea that they can't stop cocking about, even to the point where the people they've hired to come and do this film get cheesed off with them taking the piss. <laughs> There's an endless joy in it. Plus, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. Make a Reliant Robin into a spaceship. It's so scripted, but it's played so well mm. and it's so entertaining that I don't mind. That That's... A, a sign of them when they could make the you know the silly idea with a vague script around it mm. and just make it work and make you believe for the time you're watching it you have no you're not sitting there thinking oh that sounded scripted you're just you're willing it to happen even though there's a bit of the corner of your brain going this is ridiculous of course it's not gonna, <laughs> of course it's not going to separate and glide to a landing <laughs> the third one I chose the Albanian road trip which I think I've mentioned on the show before in the context of Jeremy Clarkson driving some knackered old Albanian... Was it a Trabant or something he had? I think it was a Lada. Was it a Lada? Because Bentley, had, at the last minute, refused to send along the new Mulsanne because they thought Clarkson would be mean about it. Mm. And so he spent all the time being mean about the, the Mulsanne while driving a Lada <laughs> and referring to the, the Lada as the Mulsanne. And again, I found that so funny. I could keep watching that and the, the ridiculousness of it, the, the absolute childish pettiness of it <laughs> we've we've gone on about top gear an awful lot but it is comfort tv of the highest order for me and for i think loads of petrol heads around the world so if you are feeling like you do need some of that then check out those episodes we've just mentioned don't go straight for the specials go for mm. some of the deeper cuts and see if you can find some gems one last thing on top gear before we move on what is your favorite top gear line or lines of all time the one that springs to mind is not going to reflect well on me. Um, <laughs> it is the episode where they all turn up in BMW 318. Or is it? It's no, 325 convertibles. 325 convertibles, yeah. yes. And when they have them assessed by the forensic team and the forensic guy, <laughs> you can tell where I'm going with this, can't you? <laughs> the forensic guy says, and we found feces on this one. <laughs> James Bay says, feces, that's poo in is it? Your car's got poo in it. <laughs> I'm laughing now. <laughs> I have a six-year-old son. He laughs at this kind of thing all the time. Uh, I am 40. And... Uh, <laughs> I am no better than him when it comes to this kind of thing. I any time I watch that episode, I'm in fits of giggles for minutes afterwards. As you can tell now, both of us are still trying desperately not to laugh. So yes, that off the straight off the top of my head, that is going to be my favorite. I'm sure there are more more sensible ones, but that's yeah. the one I thought of. I I'm going to I'm going to fudge it as I always do with these things and say that there are two that I spring that spring to my ah, mind and that cheat. I have sent 
I have sent to you several times. One is from the I was going to say Bolivia special, which is the one where they all where they're all in estates. That's the Africa special. The Africa special. Yeah, I know the line well, you mean now. Yeah, <laughs> that would appear to be the sound of a flat four engine, which universally means the, uh, the impending the, arrival of a moron. <laughs> yes. And which emeritus professor from <laughs> drives yes. one of those. Yes. But uh, my, my other favourite is when they go to Donington and they've got the speed trap set up and they've got the Caterham and the Morgan and yeah, the um, KTM. Yeah. And James Major goes to Jeremy Clarkson and goes, so what do these inboard dampers do exactly? And Jeremy Clarkson goes, they make everything better. It was like, pushrod, no, wasn't it? Pushrod suspension. Well, it's pushrod suspension. Like, yes, but what do they do specifically? It's like, yes. Many things. Well, that's a very, uh, that's a, a Clarksonism I send back and forth a lot of the time. Many things and uh, zesty drink. Zest, zesty drink. <laughs> zesty drink. That is one of my favourite of his. It's like businessman. Yes. Anyway, we've gone on far too long about Top Gear. Please, if you feel like you need a break from reality and who doesn't right now, go and watch some old Top Gear because it's brilliant. I will say as well, just having had a look through, we'll go through all the networks quickly. We're not going to go through all, this, all, all of them in this much detail. The things that really stand out for me on Netflix, one is Apex, the story of the hypercar, which yes. is great. And also Rush, if you haven't seen that or you fancy watching it again and seeing a mixture of real locations and less than real locations. One thing that I do want to watch is... A documentary I've seen, but I've I've seen the trailer for, but not actually seen, called Uppity, the Willie T. Rib story about a black American who tested for Brabham, amongst other things, but kind of never got picked up for for an F1 drive, despite apparently being fairly decent. Um, and there's also A Life of Speed, the Manuel Fangio story, which looks quite interesting. If you go across, though, to... Amazon Prime Video, and we'll go through all of these because, I don't know, if you haven't got all these subscriptions, that's fine. A lot of them do trials if there's something specific you want to watch. Um, There's all sorts of discounts and offers and all sorts of stuff out there, but we've trawled all of them because we seem to have all of them. Um, Amazon Prime, Grand Tour, obviously. Gentleman Drivers on there, which is a good... Yeah, yeah. that's a good documentary. That's a good one to have a look at and see how am racing in Le Mans happens. I really enjoyed watching that one. That was one I was going to bring up for a future documentaries mm. episode, but uh, maybe oh, we'll definitely. go into that detail. That's really worth watching. I picked out a couple from Prime. Uh, the Le Mans Racing is Everything miniseries. They, mm. this, this, I think, went out when Prime Video started. Uh, this, I think, was from 2014 or 2015's Le Mans. Uh, it's the right. one where Nissan were there, sort of, and it follows, um, is it Mark Webber from Porsche and then some guys in LMP2 and the Nissan ill-fated LMP1 car. Mm. And it's it's good viewing. It's a little light on detail, but it's worth watching to see just how badly wrong it went for Nissan and how mm. the pronouncements coming from the boss kind of get increasingly more papering over the cracks as it's clear that their car isn't ready and is in fact a big pile of shit to be fair and we don't say this often there was a podcast with 
Oh, who was it? It was the guy who headed up um, Nissan's motorsport effort, Darren Cox, which is well worth a listen because it actually goes into a lot of what went wrong with that effort from the fact that they couldn't get bespoke tyres, the curse system wasn't working properly, all sorts of stuff, and the pressure that they were under to actually go racing. On that note, I think on Amazon as well, there's also the Chris Hoy... 200 miles life at 200 miles an hour or something like that uh, which is also currently on iPlayer because it was on BBC4 the other night the other thing that I would say is that if you fancy something a little more familiar Amazon apart from Apex Story of the Hypercar have a lot of the drive content so drive drive on NBC Chris Harris on cars tuned all of these are on Amazon Prime if you fancy watching them on a big telly and the the uh, drive on NBC is kind of interesting to watch because it's partly new original content, but cut for a half-hour format with an advert break in the middle. And they've got like three or four things going on. And it's part YouTube content that they've repurposed for NBC. I don't know which one went out first. So that you do sometimes get a sense of deja vu watching some of them where you're like, hang on, haven't I... I've seen this on YouTube. I think they shot all the YouTube first when they were part of that creator's program Mm. and then split some of it up afterwards. Um, One more thing on Prime that may be worth, again, like the the Le Mans racing is everything. There's a series they did with McLaren called Grand Prix Driver, which felt very truncated. I think possibly because McLaren realised that this was not going to go well for them and therefore cut the contract but there are four episodes of a series going into what it's like to be on the inside of McLaren at the start of the season. And this is sort of a proto drive to survive, but it just focuses on McLaren. And it's it's interesting from the perspective of how bad things got. You get to see the communication problems they had with the Japanese technicians from Honda. You get to see the problems they had with the engine. You get to see the abortive testing program but it kind of it ends up very truncated the last episode is clearly kind of a rush job shove everything together they jump ahead to more or less the end of the season where they i I can't remember if they actually talk at that point that they're going to sack honda it's an interesting viewing if you if you've seen it don't go and revisit it but if you haven't seen it may and you and you fancy something different it's worth watching just to see mm. how bad things got for mclaren and you can see fernando alonso ending stoffel van dorn's f1 career pretty much just revisiting a couple of networks that we've mentioned before on this podcast one is funmation so if you're into japanese anime and you really want to dive into initial d particularly i think if you've got slightly older kids they, they might appreciate it if they're getting a bit sort of into their angsty teen years funmation is a good one and you can get that through Amazon, and they have a, a trial offer on that as well. We should also add this is not the same as Claymation. I got very confused. Uh, doesn't take much, though, does it? Um, <laughs> the Sorry, that was, that was mean. Um, the other one, and this might seem like a bit of an anathema at the moment, is Motorsport TV, which not only has a lot of live sport, if it were actually happening, um, and your chance to watch the patchy but sometimes quite interesting documentary heroes it also has a lot of historical motorsport content it's got the full duke archives if you want to watch max power the movie or the 1984 24 hours of somewhere you know with people I had a this. um 
a few days ago just to see if there's anything on there because I thought, ah, you know what? I wonder if they have a footage from... I think it was probably prompted by the really magnificent film at the end of the current season of Top Gear that's just gone where Chris Harris drives Colin McRae's 1995 Impreza and I wondered if they had a Duke video WRC 1995, like season video. They don't. They have clips but nothing like a full season review i don't even know if wrc do those or did them back in there but i was looking for that Mm. didn't find it but there's loads of other stuff in there it is a bit patchwork oh yeah it's not it doesn't it's not as comprehensive so you won't find a season review for every year for every type of racing in there which is a bit of a shame but there is loads to dig into and i think you've said that they do some kind of free trial for seven days or a month or something like that you can get access to it for free before you have to pay um, the last one that I really want to look at is Motor Trend because, my God, if you are a petrol head at the moment, Motor Trend is just going gangbusters. Yeah, they've got so much content on there. They've got a whole load of new stuff dropping. It costs £6 a month or £5 a month, I forget which, $6 a month. Jethro Bovingdon's just dropped a series called Petrol Head Planet, which I think is a short run of series of him being a jammy git getting to go to amazing (laughs) places in amazing cars and drive them and generally look cool the first episode's out and he's in the north coast 500 in scotland driving a porsche 911 gt3 rs 4.0 the 997 swan song model and the carrera gt oh it's i mean i watched it I'm, I was due to go to Scotland to those very roads in a few weeks' time. Obviously, that trip has now been cancelled. So watching this was a bit bittersweet for me because they're the best roads in the country. And, you know, I was not going to be driving them in a 911, but <laughs> that doesn't really matter what you're in. If you're in it's something vaguely good, the roads and the scenery are just astonishing. They are the best roads in the country. So... If you don't have a Motor Trend subscription, get it just for this film alone. But there's so much stuff in there to look at afterwards. There's all of the head-to-heads. I've talked about the head-to-heads before now. There's a series that uh, Jester also did called Ignition. There's quite a few series of those of him and Johnny Lieberman. And then there's Johnny Lieberman and... Uh, a couple of other presenters. There's loads of stuff, if you like, muscle cars and tuning. There's all sorts of stuff on there. They have everything. It's a huge array. So if you are short of something to watch and you want something different, because this stuff only comes to YouTube in dribs and drabs mm. long after it's premiered on the uh, on the on-demand service. So you don't get to see it all for free. You do have to pay, but it is absolutely worth the money. So in the UK, it's four ninety nine a month or £50 a year. And they've got apps for Chromecast, for Fire TV, for the Apple TV, Xbox, Roku, you name it. But also what they've done is pulled up a lot of archive stuff as well. So as well as having the new stuff, the uh, the original content, they've also got like archives of Fast and Loud, Wheeler Dealers, all sorts of older series. It's just this immense archive of all sorts of of car stuff really and i'm i'm really looking forward to some of the stuff that's coming down the line i think they seem to be stepping up the editorial side of it even more and making it a bit less eurocentric uh, sorry a bit less american centric i've dipped my toe in the water largely to be honest driven by no pun intended uh, the amount of content that jethro is now putting out 
and looking forward to Top Gear USA because I'm both a Jethro and a, a Dak Shepard fan. But there's just a lot of other stuff in there. It's the kind of thing that if you just want to sit down for an hour or two, turn on your Apple TV, turn on your Xbox, you will find something of interest, whether it's an old gas monkey garage, whether it's guys racing stadium trucks or, um, you know, rebuilding a classic whatever into a thing. It's, I think that's really the one to watch at the moment. Yeah, I'm just looking at this uh, list of shows and... I've spotted something that immediately jumped out at me. Cars That Rock with Brian Johnson from ACDC. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Another one jumps out. Idris Elba, colon, No Limits. I have no idea what that is, but I'm now interested. Um, there's all sorts of shows here that you could go. They've got some fifth gear. The show we've never talked about, the sort of mm. long-lost cousin of Top Gear. There's so much stuff in here. There's old Wheeler Dealers. There's Goodwood Festival of Speed stuff. Is there? There's RM classic car auctions. This is, yeah, there's a real tre- treasure trove of stuff. So of all the things we've said in that are subscription-based, I'd suggest your money is best spent. If you want one extra subscription, make it Motor Trend. And they don't even pay us for this thing. No. Although, if anybody from Motor Trend is listening... <laughs> we've been shilling this for ages. <laughs> I should also add that the other thing they've got recently is a series called Dream Jobs with Sir Chris Hoy, where I think he gets to drive loads and loads of different things. First episode is World Rallycross. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but he's quite an engaging presence. I don't know how he is as a lead presenter, but he's quite an engaging guy. He's a quite friendly, personable guy. Uh, so I'm going to check that out and we'll report back in a future episode as to what that's like, but looking forward to that. Cool. And one thing that we haven't talked about, apart from... Car Trek, which I will end the show by saying that everybody should go and watch. We haven't talked a lot about YouTube because there is just so much stuff out there. But what we will be doing, if you follow us on Twitter at AutoMoviePod, we will be putting links to shows, to channels, just drip feeding it out there as we find stuff. So if there are things that make us laugh, if there are things that keep us interested, we will share that with all of our listeners. So please subscribe, follow us there, and we will share things as we find it over the coming weeks and months, and hopefully that's all. Speaking of which, that's all for this episode. Follow us on Twitter, have a listen, and if there's anything that you enjoy that we haven't talked about, send it our way. We will more than happily share it with all of our followers. Until the next time. Take care, everyone. <laughs>